It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I am not Ashley, I'm Tabitha. (laughs) Hello everybody. Ashley could not do the intro because she doesn't have much of a voice today, so. Yeah, it's great. But Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2024. Yes, I can't believe it. You know, as you get older, it really does go by so fast. I feel like we just said happy 2023, and now here we are. Your parents always say that your whole life, like, oh, time just flies. And when you're younger, you're like, no, it doesn't. But now I'm like... It really, really does. I don't even... Yeah. 2023 is gone. So Yeah. So happy New Year to everyone. We hope that you start this new year off with the Lord and making New Year's resolutions and... Just improving ourselves. I love a new beginning. And I've said that before, I think, in other episodes, but I just, I really do. So, Ashley, have you set any goals yet for 2024? (laughs) To be healthy? Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, everybody's been sick. So, I haven't even made a lot of, I haven't even thought about it a lot. But one thing that I have said is just making time to study the Bible and everything more intentional and finding my quiet time. Uh, doing a little bit better with that. Um, I know one of my resolutions last year, I, you know, was just read the Bible through. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of on track with that, but I didn't start in January. So I've gotten a little off with Christmas and stuff. So getting back on that. Also, I've, I really wanted to start trying to make more things like homemade at home, you know, from scratch rather than buying a lot of things at the grocery store. So that's another one of my one of my goals, but what about you? What's your 2024 Well, goals? I um, I was actually on Instagram the other day, and I've just been trying to think about what do I want to do? What do I want my, what do I want my goals to be? And Jonathan Pecluda, he posted a 365 not-so-hard challenge, kind of, um, you know, the 75 hard, you know, where, do you know what that challenge no. is? It's like... You work out 45 minutes a day, like two times a day, like you follow a nutrition plan, all of this. Well, he's doing a 365 not so hard, but it has like a Bible reading plan, just something very simple, reading like one chapter a day, um, praying for 15 minutes a day away from electronics. There's several other things, so you can check his Instagram page for that. But I joined that with a couple of other friends, so I'm hoping that that might be something I can stick with. But... I did, for 2023, I did stick with my Bible reading plan. I read through the entire Bible. I finished that up at the end of 2023. Um, But I just kept going back to July when we did our um, halftime episodes, and we talked about mind, body, and soul, and we set a lot of goals then. Right. (laughs) I'm so disappointed in myself. (laughs) Yeah. I started out strong, and then... I think it was around probably early November. You know, we've been dealing with a lot of sickness in our family and to go through six people and um, a lot. 
yeah. And I started doing some little part-time work and things like that. And I just fell off the wagon. It's easy to do. It is. And I, I did the same with my health stuff. I completely got off track. Me and mom were walking every morning. And then she started having to, to babysit a few days out of the week. But yeah. her going to her mom's. It's just... She couldn't do it anymore. And so I guess I just was like, well, I'm not going to do it I'm either. not going to do it by myself, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I definitely have to get back on with some of the health things. But I, I don't want to say be this, crazy though, with it, though. Back in July, we talked about that ap- apple cider vinegar. Yes. You know, and taking like a shot of that every day and yep. how beneficial that is. The only person in our family that stuck with that was Derek. And he is the only one that has not gotten sick. That's crazy. So we were so good about it. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. And we were so religious with doing it. And then I fell off doing it. And even Pace has been like, can we start taking our nasty drink again? (laughs) Like, it's gross, but it's just something we did. So I definitely want to bring that back in because it's just something simple you can do. And apparently... It works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to try and get back on the wagon for that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I know it's gross. I say but. that, but <laughs> then I start taking it, and every morning I'm like, I don't even oh, want to yeah. get out of bed because I don't want to think about taking that nasty drink. No, but. just do it at night before you go to bed well, instead of first thing in the morning. Maybe, maybe that would be better. <laughs> that would be better. I don't know. Well, there's nothing wrong with setting New Year's resolutions or setting goals for the new year, whether it's personal or for business, and we're trying to do that a little bit around here as well. And, you know, just like I said earlier, There's always um, a new beginning is a great opportunity, you know, just to evaluate what's working and what's not working. And, you know, we've even done that with our podcast. We try to take a step back and see what's working, what's not working and, you know, evaluate what we need to adjust. And, you know, you've heard us mention things like social media towards the end of the year. We took a step back from social media and engaged very little over the past few weeks. Y'all probably noticed that. Um, And for us, things like this are ever evolving because we're human and it's easy to get caught up in comparison and envy, especially when it comes to social media. This is all still so new to us, but we're wanting this podcast to honor the Lord above all else, even ourselves. And that's why we just kind of took a step back at the end of the year, just to evaluate what we wanted from the podcast, what we want to share, what, right. you know, we want to make sure that everything we're doing is glorifying, edifying the Lord and First not and ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And not ourselves, because that is what we say. We changing focus from me to thee. That's right. And that kind of brings us to what our theme is for this year. You know, every time I kept thinking about what direction are we going in? What are we going to be talking about? The word focus kept coming back in my mind. So we have established that our theme for this year is focus more in 2024. So we began 2023 not really knowing what the Lord had in store for us, but shortly after, and as you guys probably remember in March, he revealed something amazing and unexpected. And he really used Ashley to help promote that. And that turned into what we now know as the Purposeful Women of God podcast. So back in January of last year, this did not exist. So after launching in March, our goal was to lay a spiritual foundation in our weekly episodes. And we began by setting just the basic fundamentals of our faith. But as we enter a new year, we feel the Lord is leading us to focus more in 2024. We want to focus on our spiritual growth by digging into more specifics. And we hope that you join us each week as we begin this journey together. We're going to take the next several weeks and walk through the book of 1 Corinthians. 
Some of the topics we'll look at include unity in the church, judging others, sexuality. That will be a hot topic, I guess. (laughs) Women's roles in the church. Mm. And I really think that will be an interesting conversation because that may even step on our toes along the way. I don't know. And so much more. So we casted a broad net in 2023 to explain what we believe and why we believe it. So if you're new, you may want to especially go back and listen to our first few episodes on salvation and sanctification. But this year, we're going to hone in on more direct and specific topics that we all need to address in our spiritual lives. So let's talk about why it matters to continue to grow spiritually. I mean, we talk all the time about how salvation is the most important decision someone can make. So why does it matter that we read our Bibles and study God's Word? Doesn't God just want us to be happy? That's what we're told all the time. Just do what Mm -hmm. makes you happy. But as we talked about in our sanctification episode, God doesn't want us to just be happy. Happiness is fleeting. It's just what we talked about in our episode we did on joy. Right. Happiness is fleeting. He wants us to live holy. And when we are living holy lives, we are honoring him above all else. And we will be content and contentment will lead to happiness. So as we'll discuss more in later episodes, Paul even tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. The more we study, the more we learn and grow in the word, the better we will understand what Paul references as the meat of God's word. And that just means being able to go deeper and understanding the truth of God's word, not just surface level theology, which is exactly what we want to focus on this year. Hebrews 4, 14 through 15 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. In other words, quit being a baby. That's right. (laughs) Too many saved Christians are walking around as babes in Christ. They can't handle the truth of God's word. They're constantly having to be nurtured and coddled. And listen, it is okay to lean on the brethren. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are there for you. It's okay to glean from them. But if you're constantly offended by other people, if you're still cherry-picking verses that you want to live by and discarding the ones that you don't like— You are like what Ashley read in Hebrews. You're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And what does that mean? You may hear some biblical reference on TikTok or from a friend or on TV or anything like that that sounds really, really good. So you start believing it and ultimately it's unbiblical. You're still throwing out verses like, don't judge lest you be judged completely out of context because that's what the world does. That's what the loss does. And if you're saved, It is time to start growing in your faith. But here's our desire. Just as Hebrews 4.15 says, we want to speak the truth to each of you in love so that you will grow in your knowledge and understanding of God's word. That's why we began this podcast in the first place, a resource for each of you. We don't replace your church. We don't replace your personal quiet time with the Lord. We are here to be a supplement and encouragement to all those things that take precedence over a podcast. Exactly right. So today, as we begin studying 1 Corinthians, we're going to see who the church of Corinth is and why Paul is writing to them. 
Paul founded the church at Corinth during his second missionary journey. Acts 18.11 says he spent about a year and a half in Corinth teaching new believers the word of God. According to verse 5, the Corinthians knew God's word and they were steeped in truth. They were also rich in spiritual gifts and they excelled in faith. They were a passionate, insightful, and articulate church. Truly, they were enriched in every way by God's grace. But Paul has received word that the church is not thriving as it was when he left. They're having problems in the church and they need to be corrected. So Paul is writing this letter to disciple and discipline them, as well as to clear up any confusion that's brewing within the church. Huh. Sounds like a lot of our churches today, doesn't it, Tabitha? I think so. Um, And I think I may have mentioned this before, but I saw a meme the other day that said, if Paul saw what was happening in America today, we'd be getting a letter too. Oh, we'd be getting a lot of letters. (laughs) Exactly. Well, let's first begin studying 1 Corinthians by reading the first few verses together. 1 Corinthians 1.1, it says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. And to the church of God, which is that Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, So that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's just the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians. Corinth exceeded many cities of the world. For the splendor and magnificence of its public buildings, such as temples, palaces, theaters, etc. It was a very wealthy and prominent city. Its location in Greece made it known for trade, so it was a major city which often led it to be infiltrated by other religions as many people traveled through the city. So as you can imagine, as Christians often do, when Paul was there teaching and discipling, they were thriving in their walk with the Lord. But after Paul left, They began arguing with one another, entertaining and participating in sin. And as any pastor would be, Paul was disappointed in the church. So Paul did what he does, and he wrote a letter. Quit being like children. Come together. Quit arguing. Unify around the gospel. And he begins his letter, as we read, reminding them of the grace of God that they had received through Jesus. The end of verse 8 serves as a warning to the church that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to read this letter just as the Corinthians should have, with open hearts and open minds. We too have received the same grace as the church of Corinth through Jesus. But don't go back to living the way you did before you experienced this grace through salvation. Live holy so that you too can be found blameless when the Lord returns for his church. That's good. And as we begin studying 1 Corinthians, it's important for us to examine ourselves as believers and how we can grow in Christ but to also examine our conduct within the church, which is, I think, something that people don't really pay attention to. Are we honoring God in every aspect of our lives, not just in word? Are we allowing petty things to come between us and our brothers and sisters in Christ? Are we tolerating sin and excusing things in our lives that God has told us to get rid of? These are all things that we want to consider as we begin this study and throughout the next few episodes. 
I just think there's so much pettiness in churches today. And I mean, I think there's always been. I think it's always that been that way. pettiness in church. Yeah. You know, I don't like the music. I don't like what so-and-so sings. I don't like. Well, yeah. and, it's, and it's a lot of small things that they make mountains out of molehills. Well, you know, I've heard all of my life, you know, especially back in the old days, you know, like a lot of churches would split over simple things oh, yeah. as, you know, they would say the color of the carpet and things <laughs> like that. But it's The true. color of the walls. Yeah. Or, yeah. But, you know, we get, we get fixated on what we think something should be like and how it should be. Yeah. And we won't let it go. And but once again, that's us. Compromise. Right? That's us thinking about right. what we like, what we want. What, yeah. you know, it's again that whole idea that we're trying to steer away from changing our focus, right? Mm-hmm. Off and of me and changing it to God. Does it really matter to God at the end of the day? I mean, well, is it, and, and these petty things, no. Mm-mm. But. Standing firm on what, what God's word says, yep. that is important. That's right. So there is a balance in trying to figure out, okay, is this biblical right. or is this just a preference that's of right. mind? And I think that's something that we have to keep in mind as, you know, things happen. Is right. it is this biblical? Is it not? Is If I bring this forward, is it something that's bothering me? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that's unbiblical? You know, right. and I think we always need, it's just kind of like everybody's preference in music. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some of these churches, they are stuck on singing only Southern gospel and da 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 da. And any kind of contemporary music is of the devil, you know? Yeah. But is that biblical? Right. I mean, if, if a song is touching my heart and they're singing about the blood of Jesus and they're singing about biblical things, is but that But then a, we also right? see the other side of a lot of our churches going more contemporary yes. that then they're wanting to steer completely away That's from right. yeah. the hymns that meant so much right. to a lot of the older congregation. Mm-hmm. And so we can start arguing. It's easy. Yeah. Like, I see both sides of that. And so yep. I want to get in the fight sometimes. But at the end of the day, if it's honoring and it's glorifying, glorifying God, God, is it worth the fight? That's right. And that's something that you've got to ask yourself. You know, if it's something that you're like, I really need to speak my mind on, go to God's word. Yeah. Spend some time in prayer. Pray about it. See if that's really where God is leading you or is it just your preference? Right. And if it's just your preference, then sometimes you just got to let it go. And no? God says, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Right, exactly. So as I said earlier, one thing that I did stick to last year, by the grace of God, is reading my Bible all the way through. And as we were planning our study through 1 Corinthians, I had started reading Revelation about the same time. And while we're not going to study out Revelation at this time, trust me, I'm not prepared and ready <laughs> for <neither>. that. <laughs> I do want us to turn to the first couple of chapters as John is addressing the churches. Because I couldn't help but see the parallel between the church at Corinth and, frankly, between our churches today. For the sake of time, we're not going to read all of this, so definitely read what John says on your own. But I want to briefly describe the churches addressed and what God himself says about them. So if you're following along with us, we're going to Revelation chapter 2, looking at the church in Ephesus. And as a side note, every message here comes with hope and a warning, just as Paul gives to the church at Corinth. The works of labor, along with their patience at Ephesus, is acknowledged. But in verse 4, the Lord says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. So what does it mean to leave your first love? Mm -hmm. Ashley, do you remember when you and Aaron, you first started dating? And I'm sure you 
wanted to be with him all mm-hmm. the time. But yeah. even better yet, do you remember after you had been dating for a little while, you had both gotten to know one another and you realized, man, I love this guy. Right. Yep. And you just want to spend as much time as you can with him and you just love him, you know, and everything's going great. And you just both realize how much this relationship means to you. And most couples are like that. You yeah. know, you want to spend every moment with one another. You couldn't wait to see him again. It's invigorating. Right. It's exciting. And the same is true for our love for Christ. So think back to when you first got saved. And I know you and I were both young, pretty young yeah. when we did. But it was exciting. Yeah. Even as kids, you know, it was exciting. It was invigorating. We wanted to tell everyone about this new relationship with Christ that we have. But just like so many relationships, it becomes redundant less exciting, and we lose the joy that we once had in our salvation. And the Lord is warning Ephesus, I see all the good that you've done, and it's not going unnoticed. But I also see that you're now just going through the motions. It's time to repent and turn back to me and love me like you once did. Mm. And can't we learn a lot from this rebuke to Ephesus? Then we see the church in Smyrna. The Lord recognizes their work as well. They were once dead but are now alive. However, They are facing much suffering. He reminds them that though they are living in poverty, they are rich because they have a relationship with the Lord. Though they are facing tribulation and many will suffer, don't be afraid. And when you face death for Christ's sake, remain faithful unto the end because there is a reward that awaits you, a crown of life. Just like Smyrna, we don't know what tomorrow holds. And praise the Lord, we are not facing physical suffering for our faith But the warning remains true for us today. Remain faithful. Exactly. And he goes on to address the other churches as well. Pergamos was being warned of allowing false doctrines to infiltrate the church. They were wavering in their beliefs because they were not holding fast to the doctrine of God's word. In other words, they were not studying and reading God's word and living by the truth of God's word. And they had become stumbling blocks, according to verse 14. And I think we're seeing similar things in many of the churches today. People like the idea of belonging to a faith community, but just because it has church on the sign out front doesn't mean that they're holding fast to the truth of God's word. Many men and women stand behind pulpits each week and are proclaiming a false gospel and being stumbling blocks for so many because the unsaved and even sometimes babes in Christ can't decipher what's true and what's false when it comes to the teaching of God's word. I think that's really a great reminder for us is that just because someone says that they are a Christian speaker, you know, the Bible teaches us to try the spirits. Mm -hmm. So it's like study them out, uh, see how they present themselves, listen to what they're saying, and then test that to what the Bible says to make sure that they are true. That's right. And I, that they are, you know, preaching, teaching what's biblical. And that's any time that I know of people who are looking for a church. Like my biggest thing is make sure it is a Bible believing church and that they are. Yeah. And I even, and I've I've talked about this before, but even myself, especially like Christian women speakers and things like that, that I've started following because I like something that they posted or a book that I've read of theirs. And at first glance, well, it seems, it seems all right. Yeah. 
But then the more that I start digging in, I start realizing, wow, their theology is not right. And so I've had to distance myself from that. And it's hard to decipher that sometimes, even as a seasoned Christian. But that's why it's so important to study God's word and to know his word, because then you can pick up on those things and you're not as easily deceived. You see a red flag and you're like, okay, and the Holy that's Spirit, number one. <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit gives us discernment, you right. know, as, as we draw closer to him and we're studied and mm-hmm. he gives us that discernment that, hey, this isn't right, right. you know? So the church in Thyatira, and I hope I'm saying that right, had great love and service and faith, but they had begun to tolerate sin in the church. So the Lord is rebuking them. Remember, if we reference back to the scripture in Hebrews from earlier, we must stand firm to the truth of God's word in love. So this church had the love part down, but they were not living by the truth. They were accepting of all kinds of sexual sin in particular, and we've been experiencing a lot of that controversy surrounding this exact same things in churches today Mm -hmm. that just kind of makes me think I know a couple of weeks ago it came out I think that the Pope Pope. said something about same-sex marriages that they can now bless that in the Catholic Church the Methodist Church has been having some controversy surrounding this and I think that some of them have actually split from the Methodist Association and become independent Methodists because they don't believe in some of the things that the association are are now teaching in regards to same-sex marriage. So these are things that are still relevant to our churches today. The church at Sardis was being warned to be watchful and ready for the Lord's return. And we talked a lot about this when we studied Thessalonians back in November. The church at Philadelphia is encouraged by God as they are reminded of his strength. And in verse 10 of Revelation 3, he reminds them of their reward for their patience. And finally, we see the address to the church in Laodicea, and they are rebuked, beginning in verse 15. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked." Laodicea reminds me so much of the church today. It's like we've grown numb to all spiritual Mm -hmm. things. We're straddling the fence, as some would say, and we're not hot and we're not cold. We're living in a lukewarm state. And that is scary because it seems that this angers the Lord so much that he says he will spew thee out of my mouth. To me, that is just... the epitome of what the church in America is today. Yeah, I agree. It seems that it's easier for specifically the church in America to live in this state of lukewarmness because we relate so much to this church. We're rich. We're a wealthy country. We live in luxury. And yes, that even really includes what we would deem as poor in our society. And I don't say that to diminish your situation in any way after But after going on a mission trip to a third world country, most of our poor do not even compare to what people in other countries are experiencing just to survive. And because we have all that we need, we have food, water, shelter, clothing, and an abundance of so much more. Cell phones, cars, electricity, not just water, but running water and hot water. And I could go on and on. We often forget our need for a relationship with the Lord. We aren't in need of anything, so we never call on him. I think I've shared this before, and 
honestly, after almost a year of doing this and recording weekly, I can't remember <laughs> what I've shared and what I haven't. But I have a story of one friend that just really sticks out in my mind. We have a dear missionary friend who lives in a missionary family, I should say, who live and serve in Burkina Faso, Africa. And I remember one time when they were here home in the U.S. on furlough, she was asked about how much easier things must be here. And she said, of course, the ease of having our basic needs met is really nice. But she said it's so easy that she finds herself being less dependent on the Lord because everything she could ever need is right there in front of her. But when she's in Africa, she said, I'm reminded every day of my dependence on the Lord. And because of that, I remain closer to him when I need him more. And I feel like that's part of our problem in the church today, especially once again in the United States, maybe in Europe and places like that where we have an abundance of luxuries. Right. You know, we don't have to pray for rain because we'll go to the grocery store and get cereal. And we'll, you know, all of these things that many years ago, they didn't have the luxuries of of those things. No. If it didn't rain, you didn't have your You didn't eat. eat. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And just like verse 15 says, we are rich and have so many things in need of nothing. But yet we don't realize that we're wretched and miserable and poor and blind. It's the same reason that Jesus said in Mark 10, 24 and 25, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. But I'm so thankful that Jesus went on to say, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. (laughs) He can save the rich, the poor, and everyone in between. Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> we have covered a lot today from 1 Corinthians to Revelation and a little bit in between. But Tabitha, what's the purpose? As we go back to our theme this year, focus more in 2024, I hope that we can all have the mindset that we want to heed the warning of God's word. From the church at Corinth to the churches we mentioned in Revelation, God has given us more grace than we could ever deserve. And because of his love for us, we should have the earnest desire to live for him while we are on this earth. Let's recall again 1 Corinthians 1.8 that we read earlier. Who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? But here's what's so great about the God we serve. If you found yourself behaving in ways we've mentioned today, maybe you've left your first love. Maybe you've been excusing sin or living lukewarm. We have a faithful God. And verse 9 goes on to say, God is faithful by whom ye are called into fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And 1 John 1, 9 tells us just that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The main thing is not to remain in your sin. Confess and repent. So what's your challenge for us, Tabitha? My challenge is to join us this year to focus more in 2024. Begin reading 1 Corinthians and be ready to dive into Scripture with an open heart, ready to receive the truth of God's Word, even if it's sometimes hard to accept. He's going to be stepping on all of our toes through this study, but let's remain faithful and let's continue to read His Word and to grow and learn together. That's right. Without conviction... You can't grow. So there's exactly. no growth. So, uh, Tabitha, will you just close this out in a word of prayer? Absolutely. 
Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this new year and for a time of new beginnings. And God, I pray that you would just help us to spend 2024 focusing on you, growing in our spiritual walk and teaching and discipling those around us. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We cannot wait to begin 2024 with each and every one of you. Hope you stick around and come back and listen every week with us. Just a reminder that we are listener funded. If you'd like to support this podcast in any way by making a donation to help keep us going, email us at purposefulwomenofgod at gmail.com or visit our contact page at purposefulwomenofgod.com. Also, we want to remind you that we have opened up our calendar for 2024. So if you would like to have us speak at one of your ladies events, we would love to do that. We could also do a live podcast at one of your events. So feel free to reach out to us via email or use the contact page on our website. And always remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.